Open the door and step inside to a world of practical magic, where we blend the mystical and mundane worlds of the everyday witch. Presented by Wise Woman Witchery and hosted by Emily Morrison and Veronica Wade-Lewis. Welcome to the Witch Next Door. (laughs) I'm Emily. I'm Veronica. And this week, I forgot what we're talking about. Oh, this week. Go ahead. Oh, ethics and doing spells on others. Ethics. We're going to talk about ethics. But first, Veronica was just telling me she pulled a card today. I did. (laughs) Every day I pull a tarot card. That's my thing. Um, I picked the Ace of Swords. And what does that mean to you? Um, well, it means like, uh, feels like mastery. Like the imagery is like your hand is outstretched and the sword. Have some thoughts. Yeah. But it's like, you are like a master of it. New, like, it's like the, the best of the swords. Like, I know it's the beginning of the actual suit. Right. But it's like, you know, like you have control kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. New possibilities. It's a feeling of like new ventures and it's going to be successful. This is the time to do new things. So interesting. That is not where I would have gone with that card, but that's what you're feeling. Yeah. That's what I'm feeling. Yeah. Well, that to me sounds more like the Ace of Pentacles, Mm. right? Ventures, success, like, yeah. uh, Tangible. It seems more Mm -hmm. tangible. When I think about the Ace of Swords, I think about inspiration. Oh, nice. Yeah. Being inspired. Being inspired. Having the, that little like blip come in. Yeah. Like, oh, there's that thought. I'm going to take that, that too. I'm going to take all right. of those things. It's like the muse. Yeah. The what did you pick, Emily? You just picked something. I know. Well, then Veronica goes, so did you pick a card? I'm like, no, but I can pick a card. So I did. And I pulled the death card. And then I was like, great, I'm going to die. And then- well, actually, the first thing you said is, I don't want this card. <laughs> Okay, to be fair, I just want to I just want to say this deck I have barely used and I have never pulled the death card and it looks really sad. It's pretty intense actually. It's like a really intense yeah. card in this deck. This is the Tarot Mucha. And uh yeah, it's like the Grim Reaper's like standing over the dead knight and he's like naked on a riverbank. It's just it's a little bit of a bummer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the ace of swords it is this is not the ace of swords you know and i um to be honest i've been feeling a little dark lately so i was like yeah i'm just gonna die that's what's gonna happen and then veronica encouraged me to go deeper which i would do for any other person except myself <laughs> like come on let's get more original with this i'm gonna die today yeah no i'm just being a little dramatic i'm gonna own that up front uh yeah so the death card. So something is dying away and something new is beginning. And I actually think that's true. I feel like this, I'm in the middle of a really big transition as is like everyone with this, like, do we go back into the world? Do we stay in our little hidey holes? Mm -hmm. How do I go back into the world? That's where I feel like I'm at. So I feel like Mm. there's this kind of like seclusion that's starting to die away, but it's a very gradual, uh, like toe out, toe in. I went outside. I saw people. I had to go back in. Yeah, it, it was too much, too yeah. much people. Uh, even though I love people and I miss people, but there's just it's my brain. That's, yeah, I'm just no, I'm with you there. Yeah. yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, the death card is pretty intense. Like when you pull it and you're like, oh my god, like because it's that dying away and it's not fun. And actually, this time of year, 
you know, we just had Beltane and the vel veils are thin and yeah. every year, you know, year Beltane feels a little different. I don't know this year I was grieving. I had a lot of grief come you up. You said that last year too. Did I? Okay. Yeah. So maybe that's we have a podcast about it. Maybe that's, the, <laughs> maybe that's the theme now. I'm not even happy on Beltane anymore. <laughs> it's Beltane. all about grief. <laughs> Anyways, human, yep. humaning. It's yep. a, it's a ride. Yep. Well, I also want to say that uh, for those of you, well, I've probably never talked about this. I have terrible death anxiety. Mm -hmm. Like, and so whenever I pull the death card, even though my, my greater expansive mind and intuitive body know better, my anxiety is like, <gasps> here we go. <laughs> here we go. <laughs> and, and I do think that sometimes when you're working with cards, this is a whole other topic that we're getting off to a weird start on but um <laughs> when you're working with cards sometimes that happens right you pull a card and, you're, and it does a thing where yeah. you like whatever your reaction is you're like oh you know i don't want this card i'm thinking about somebody in our circle who's always like i don't want that card yeah i think she's yeah. changed a little but she has and if you're yeah. listening you know we love you <laughs> uh <laughs> like the tower card does that for me see i don't mind the tower card because the imagery is really and actually since 9 11 yes. it has a whole different yeah, yeah, connotation yeah. for totally. me like i see it and i'm like oh my well, there's because it yeah. before it was a picture. Yeah, now it's actually a, a thing. A, yeah, a thing like it's a real thing. <sighs> so yucky. I know. I could see why the tower card would do yeah. that, and yeah, it doesn't do that for me. Oh. Apparently, just the death card today in this particular version. <laughs> the death card doesn't do it for me. I'm like, oh yeah, death. Uh -huh. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. that's always there. It's just, it just depends. Yep. The ten of swords. That's another one. Oh, that like, one. Oh yeah. I actually pulled that. Jeez. I pulled that card three times this, in the last week. Wow. And I was like, I'm not gonna pull this from this deck anymore. Like, <laughs> I'm done with the ten of swords. I'm a little bit done right now. I'm not really sure what you're trying to tell me, but. Ooh, and I've been pulling it like before I go to do something where I'm like, you know, what? What do I need to know about this situation I'm walking into? Oh, that's okay. all like 10 swords all in my body. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Thanks. Cool. <laughs> Is this a cue that I need to take a rest? Yeah. <laughs> Not a time for action. <laughs> okay. Well, we got that out of the way. Well, that's a good thing to take a, you know, a daily practice of pulling a card. We've talked about daily practice, you yeah. know, to just kind of center yourself or get you off your center and back on your center again. <laughs> yeah. Just to knock you completely off kilter. Do that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good. It's good. It makes yeah. you have to sit and ponder and reflect. Yeah. Um, or just freak out and then run away and, <laughs> and move through your day in a state of panic. No, don't do that. If you're going to pull a card, make sure you have a couple minutes to reflect on it. Yeah, that's helpful. Or, you know, like sometimes I wake up heck early in the morning and I pull a card and I'm like, okay, I just, and then I, and during my day, I might reflect on it as I'm doing uh -huh. a lot of other things. So I have apps on my phone. I have tarot, like three, I've I think, tried different that. decks. Well, so I pr definitely prefer cards. Just like I love my Kindle, but I love books mm -hmm. more. But I love my Kindle. It's it's a weird relationship. But I like the convenience of having these decks, my air quotes, uh, in my phone because throughout the day, I can pull, pull a card. Again, mm -hmm. air quotes. I so wish you guys could see me doing this. Uh <laughs> to narrate in a whole new way and i already narrate my life a lot uh <laughs> but anyway it gives me an opportunity to just pull cards in in places where i might you know like 
while I'm sitting in my car waiting for something mm-hmm. or, you know, in between appointments or whatever it might be, I can just hit that button, look at the card, then you could read the description if you're not familiar with it and sit with that for a minute before moving into the next thing. Cool. So it's handy, but nothing beats a good deck of cards. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Um, so we were going to talk about ethics, ethics and sp- doing spells on others. Right. So yeah. this topic came up this week in, in my Facebook group. And I just think it's interesting because, uh, there's so many different stances, right. Around how to do spell work. Do you do it on other people? Binding spells, you know, healing spells. And I think at one point Veronica and I touched on some of this in another episode, but I honestly couldn't tell you which one it was. And I don't think Veronica, Veronica's shaking her head at No, me. <laughs> I'm feeling like it must have been a tangent on one of them. I'm sure it was. <laughs> we're never tangential. Never. No, we're always right on point. Very organized. Anyway. Uh- <laughs> but when we taught, when you brought this up, like this topic that this was, you know, discussion brought up. that started. Yeah. And, and then we just started talking. Yeah. So it was like, yeah, we probably could talk about could this. Could really and should talk about it because it's a good thing to ponder when you're you know doing this kind of work right it's like what feels right to you totally and that's what I was going to say is uh my stance and I think both of our stances so I'm going to speak for you and correct me if I'm wrong but really is that you have to find the path that works for you and we're going to share our personal beliefs or our personal paths but that doesn't mean that we're right mm-hmm. I'm just talking about what's right for me Veronica's just going to talk about what's right for her um, and, you know, ethics are, it's a gray area. It is a gray area. <laughs> and that is the cell phone that we're shutting off. <laughs> um, at the same time, it, you know, everybody, I mean, it depends. That's a lot of the things I feel is like, it depends on the situation on what we're talking about. Like, who is it? What are you trying to accomplish? Um, where are you coming from? What is your intention? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's hard to like put a blanket when you say gray area. It's like, it's, there's not an all around blanket of like, don't do spells on others. It's not right. Or right. do do spells on others. You can, you know, do whatever you want and whatever feels good for you. And, you know, um, yeah. So I guess that's. <laughs> yeah. So I think, you know, just breaking it down. Okay. Let me back up. I was going to, I was going to get into a whole other thing about energy and consent. And I think we'll go there, but Mm -hmm. I want to just start with kind of where I started my own journey with witchcraft, which was, which, uh, which, (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh, that struck you way too funny. I know. (laughs) That's a different witch. Yeah. Different witch. Anyway. (laughs) Uh, you know, studying Wicca, like, you know, picking up those books at the store and learning about Wicca, which is not essential. Like, it's not what I do now. I still totally consider myself a witch. And there's definitely some foundational pieces that I gained from looking at Wicca as a, as a spirituality, as a practice, as a religion. Um, but you know, you hear about the Wiccan read Mm -hmm. and the Wiccan read is eight words and it harm none do what ye will. And it was actually, I looked this up because I was like, well, where did this actually come from? Mm-hmm. You know, that actually has been the core, a core piece of, of my own practice. And yet mostly it's been a core piece of my practice because I totally believe in karma. Yep. And I believe in not like basically doing unto others as you would have them do unto you. Like, I think, I think that's a pretty legit way to live. 
uh, and it's what I try to to subscribe to. Um, but that particular eight word statement was used in a speech by Doreen Valiente, who was a English Wiccan woman who uh, was trained in the Gardarian tradition and uh, and eventually left that tradition and started her own coven. She's written multiple books. She's now passed away. She was born in 1922, um, and she died in September of 99, uh, January of 1922. And so she she wrote books about Wicca. She was really active in um, in the pagan community. Uh, and And so that particular eight word statement originated in this speech in 1964 i think i said um mm -hmm. and it harm you none do what ye will I'm trying to read my handwriting and he looks like i so i have to keep like training my brain to not say that and it's interesting that she chose to use that language even yes. at that time because right. that's not how we talk right now no or and in well, the 60s that's not how they spoke <laughs> no and and what i found in a lot of um books that i would read like about Wicca is that a lot of the language felt really kind of old English mm -hmm. in style, like spells and whatnot would have words like ye yep. um, in them. Uh, and and I, I think it harkens back to that kind of idea that, oh, well, this is an ancient religion. Um, but Wicca itself is actually pretty new. Yeah. I think it, the idea the was- The paganism movement. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Um, I feel like- um, when I do a spell, like, you know, like if you come up with your own spell and you write your own language and you're not adding the flowery ye, you know, it definitely feels a little different. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously you're making it up, so it's more close to home for you, but um, the language does touch on something older. Mm -hmm. So interesting. Yeah. I definitely do feel that when I say um, either an intention or a mantra or, you know, a spell that has the old English in it. Uh -huh. Like I definitely feel that kind of like older, like I'm tapping into something older, even though it's like, you just made this it was up. written, I made it up or it was <laughs> written in 1964. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, well, there's a lot of power in language mm -hmm. and the way we use our words and uh, which was a whole thing for me this morning. <laughs> oh my God. Anyway, circle back around. Yeah. I'm not going to go there, but, um, but it's true. There is a whole power in language and in the way that we choose our words. And um, for me, when I don't need the older English language. For me, I tend more towards rhymes because of the cadence mm -hmm. um, that happens with that. But anyway. Again, tangent. This is not about ethics, is it? No, but what, <laughs> where I feel like this is going <laughs> is oh, has to do, goodness. we talk about our intention. You know, you're talking about intention. Yeah. And, and when you talk about doing a spell for someone else. So it's different. You're, I'm saying spell for someone else as opposed to spell on someone else. Ah, that feels totally different to me. Different. So when we spoke language. of this first <laughs> language, it was like spell on others is what I, what you said, what I took in as like um, that you were imposing something on someone who may or may not have given you consent. Right. Yes. So consent to me, I feel like consent is a really important piece of doing spell work or ritual work for other people. So for example, even a healing spell for the most part, I'm going to want permission before I go in and do that for somebody. Um, now, obviously, babies, you know, that's then consent of the parent. <laughs> <laughs> Animals, 
you know, consent of the animal spirit. And maybe you try to connect with that, but, um, you know, they can't really give us consent in the mm-hmm. same way, maybe that a human could. And, and of course healing is different, but there are some people who don't want healing and they definitely don't want it from me, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? So it, it really, I feel like me going in and trying to do a healing spell on somebody who maybe doesn't agree with my belief system, doesn't want me to say a prayer for them in my belief system, that's actually not helpful. Mm-hmm. And it actually feels kind of unkind. Yep. Um, so I have been witness to that. Have you? Yeah. On a very deep level of someone transposing their religion on someone who was dying oh. and like, Hey, that's not helpful. Like, that's not, you're going to, you need to step away. Process. This is you, not them. Mm-hmm. Like this is not helping them mm-hmm. and having to be an advocate for that. And so I think, I do believe that consent is, is very important when you're talking about, you know, someone doing, doing something for someone else. And most of the time people are coming from a, a, a place, a good place. Yes. Like, yes. Yeah. I know for myself, one of the hiccups that I have gotten into, uh, within my own, like inner realms, I guess, uh, is because I've lost people. Uh, people close to me who have died. And, you know, there's always that experience for me as a, quote, survivor, as a person left behind to, before they die, wanting to be like, well, heal them, heal them. I want them to be better. Mm -hmm. And that's not always their path. And so I find with myself, I, a caution, if somebody's dying, um, you know, and asking for support, I ask them what kind of support they want or what kind of support their family is looking for, because it's not me. I don't get to decide if somebody is healed. Mm-hmm. You know, that might not be their path. Um, but I can ask for their, you know, no suffering. Yeah. And ease of pain and suffering. Ease of pain, yeah. ease of suffering, uh, you know, something to help them be in their highest good, you know, whatever is in the highest good of their soul's journey, whatever that might be. Um, Cause I, of course I want to help people heal if I can, but I don't think that's always my place. Yep. Well, and that's the, that's our own personal ego too, that gets involved. Sometimes. Totally. Like that's, that's the thing of like putting, doing a spell on someone else. It feels like, you know, they have no say in it, mm-hmm. you know, and, and there are some instances we've talked, we've talked about this. So maybe we'll talk about like what, what are why some instances might. why you might do that? Right. Because there is, a, a, I think there is a place for that. So. Totally. Well, and I also want to just state that this, again, is my personal belief, mm-hmm. Veronica's personal beliefs, that there are traditions out there, there are practices out there that do include doing spell work or ritual work or casting magic out into the world on someone else or around someone else's experience. And... um and, you know, I'm, I don't think that's necessarily wrong. It's just not how I roll Yeah. Um, for myself. And, yeah, I just want to reiterate that. Because I have a very close friend who I, I think has, like, no problem doing a binding spell. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, you know, and I have the utmost respect for her and, and for all of her practices. She's very deeply wise. Uh, but we just come at it from different ways. Well, yeah, yeah. And I think also the deeper the deeper questions that come for like, why are you doing that? Mm-hmm. You know, like why, like with love spells, why would you cast a love spell on somebody to make them love you? Like if they don't, 
Like, would you really want somebody to love you without your free will, without their free will? Excuse me. I wouldn't. Not really. I mean, yes, there were times in my early 20s and my late teens where I would have been like, yes, I want that. But yeah. I love him. But where is that coming from? Right. A exactly. place of insecurity. Exactly. A place of, yeah. That was me having that desperation. love. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. That's exactly it. <laughs> I was a tormented, tortured young woman. But I think, I feel like, like, I don't know, some of the images of older witchcraft does mm. have that depiction of putting spells on others. And then it, it, you know, it comes from a place of like demonizing the religion, you know, of like, oh, that person put a spell on you. And so, mm-hmm. or you're cursed, you're cursed. cursed. That's, oh yeah. Putting a curse mm-hmm. on someone. So, yeah. <laughs> well, and I think some of that uh, carries over to today. So here is, you guys are going to cringe when I share this, but I'm going to share it anyway. I liked this guy a lot. This is right before my, my husband, actually different guy, but <laughs> But I was like really into him and, you know, we were like kind of dating. It was weird. And I went away for a couple weeks. Uh, and when I came back, I was hanging out with him and he was like, I think you put a spell on me because I would never like somebody like you. You're not my type. And I think that you used your witchy ways to, you know, to make me want you and care about you. And I was so taken aback, A, like super hurt um and be like dude like yeah no i wouldn't i would not do that and that feels yucky and you need to go do something else and not talk to me anymore (laughs) (laughs) like we're good here uh (laughs) yeah but i mean here that's you know 20 years ago that's just in real time that somebody's still holding that belief about witchcraft that you could make somebody love you yeah but why would you want to yeah does not feel that does not feel good no yeah no anyway but that was my cringeworthy <laughs> story um about somebody believing things about witchcraft which they do yep and and i think practitioners do too i mean we are putting our energy out there to shift and change the energetics usually in relationship to us. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Yeah. But part of me is very skeptical about like, you know, I've, I've done protection spells and binding Mm -hmm. spells and, you know, things that I felt like I needed to do at the time. And it was all with good intention, Mm -hmm. you know, and I've always asked permission and always have gotten permission. Mm -hmm. Um to do spells for other people. And I say for other people, not on other people. Right. Because that's the will part. Like, um, but there is, you know, we're, we're weaving back to times when it would be appropriate to, to, to do a spell on someone without their permission. And not as I was telling Emily, if someone, you know, was, you thought was like already down with what you do or, you know, how you, perform spirituality and they were maybe unconscious or like they weren't able to give you consent. Mm -hmm. Um, But you kind of know, Hey, they're down with what I do. Anything like would be appreciated. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? Well, and even that kind of comes back to that, like whole thoughts and prayers thing. 
Yeah. You know, and I say that, I, I know there's a lot of um, energy and kind of sting around that, a lot of sarcasm around like, oh, send thoughts and prayers mm-hmm. uh, because there has been so many tragedies where we feel helpless and that's what people do. They send their thoughts and prayers and love and healing because they don't know what else to do. And it doesn't necessarily uh, create lasting change that might prevent future situations from going down. That being said, I definitely am a believer in the power of prayer. And um, I feel like that's really different. It's different and it's also the same as doing spell work. Mm -hmm. Um, Because again, it's sending energy. It's sending intention out. It's like if somebody says, hey, send me some healing energy. I'm like, I'm lighting a candle right now. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. I think there's an overlap there. Yeah. And, and at the same time, I also think prayers could be seen as more inclusive or benign versus uh, if you told somebody I'm sending you a prayer versus if I told somebody I'm sending, I'm going to do this spell. Oh yeah. (laughs) Look at the language there. So different. Right. But are we talking about the same thing on some level, right? It's still this energetic... yeah, because a prayer to me is like it's a it's a kind of invocation. It's a right. kind of mantra. It's a you're you're just using language to articulate a feeling of what you're wanting to convey. Right. You know. So yeah, we definitely use prayer in our spell work. Oh yeah. You know. All the time. Yeah. So funny. I'm like, are we muddying the waters worse here? <laughs> <laughs> Look, we're just having a discussion. Thanks for listening in. <laughs> just opinions. Yeah. Well, and we talk, you talk about ethics and you talk about power over, you know, then you can start getting a little controversy on like, where is the, when is it time to step in? You know, if there's abuse or, you know, there's some like really intense protection that's needed. Mm -hmm. Um, Like I, I'm like, I'm thinking myself, Ooh, yeah, I actually might do something like that in those circumstances. Like if someone that I loved was in danger Mm -hmm. and there was nothing that I felt like I could do directly, obviously the first thing I would do would be the direct help, Mm -hmm. but I would do some energetic work around that. Um, And I may or may not ask permission depending on, you know, where they were at, you know, what was going on with them. I mean, Mm -hmm. I would, most of the time I would ask permission, um, Maybe not if something else was going on, mm-hmm. you know? Well, and I think, you know, I think one of the examples we had talked about earlier before we were on on air was uh, on air. Yeah, or like a radio show podcast. Anyway, uh, <laughs> was about binding and about how if you had done protection work mm-hmm. to protect yourself or your space, your loved ones or your family or whatever it might be, um, and it felt like the threat, whatever that threat was, was still there, would that be an appropriate time to do a binding spell um, in order to protect yourself? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm more apt personally to work more closer to home, mm-hmm. you know? So like, just for an example, like if it was a friend or a family member that was being wounded by mm-hmm. someone else, then I would focus on that friend or family yes. member yes. as opposed to the person who's doing the wounding. Totally. Um, but I might step up my game if that didn't work. Mm-hmm. You know, I might turn my face and my head to this person 
who was throwing whatever it was at the person that I cared about. And it was very clear that this person um, was at a hand, you know, like this was not coming from a good place. Right. You know. Well, you know, there was a huge movement on the internet to bind Donald Trump. I don't know if you know this. I do not. not know that. I try not to follow any of this stuff. Right. No, I know. But when he when he was in office, and I don't know where I don't know what became of that or where it stands. I just saw it cross my path several times. But it was like a call out to witches uh-huh. to come together to create this massive co-created binding spell wow. to bind him from doing harm. Um which maybe it worked because even though there was harm done, it was a lot less than it could have been. Uh-huh. And sorry to get political for all stuff now, but, uh, <laughs> but just, you know, here's the, here's an example of people feeling like we are powerless in some We're ways. Out of control. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And here's this person who's out of control, who potentially has a lot of power, who could harm a lot of people. Yeah. How do we stop that from happening? Now, how do I feel about that? I don't know actually how I yeah. feel about that. I have mixed feelings I do about too. it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I definitely I mean, when have mixed you said feelings. like, when you said like binding him from doing harm. Mm-hmm. So for me, that's really specific. So that's the other part is being very specific about it, that it's not, you're not binding him in his will. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like you're binding but him from you? doing a certain, walking down a certain path. So a piece of will. Yes a part of it, but it's an injurious will. Right. So even if we're binding, you know, we're talking about binding injurious will, isn't it technically still binding somebody's will? Yes. Yes, it is. Right? Yeah, it is. It's such, it's yeah. such a weird gray area for but me. It's, it is, it's good and bad. That's right. what it is. Right. It's making a judgment call of good and bad. And right. who, who are we? Who am I? Who am to I? Me- to make to that. make that call, yeah. But I do. I mean, I'm like, okay, yeah. Someone says, no, I'm going to cut down, you know, a whole grove of redwood forest. That's I. I like trees, and I'm going to be <laughs> upset about that. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I am going to think that that is a negative behavior. That that's something that I wouldn't. But then, want. are you going to take action against those people who are trying to do it, or are you going to? What What's your What's your magical call? the magical call is hard because you know, that would be, that's so funny. Cause the first thing I do is think of action, real action. Yes. Like I step in, I would stand in like, front of the trees and I been that person that dressed up like a tree in front of, yes, I have. She don't know the story. I don't know this. How do I not know this about you? <laughs> dressed up like a little tree and I went on a protest and I stood in full in front of Old Navy, and yeah. Oh, was, I see. This was years and years. I thought you were going to say you stood in front of like the trees to like block them from being cut down. No, 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 no. no. I have not done that. <laughs> That's very. No, no, no. No, there was a thing that was happening years and years ago um, with Old Navy with, and with, deforestation. Yes, exactly. The family uh, that owns that company. Interesting. Um, yeah. So I was. I did dress up like a tree and do all of that. So I do love trees, but you know, yeah. We're talking about will and yeah, yeah. So I first thing I do is action. So I would usually take action, and um, not that I wouldn't do magic around it. I might. That would. That's not my initial go to if something was happening. I like if somebody like a friend of mine was in danger. I would try to eliminate the danger or get them out of danger. At Before first. yeah yeah, and then if I, I feel like that's the thing. That's the reason why people. 
are like, oh, hey, I want to do this spell on this other person is because you do feel like you're out of control. Right. You're you powerless. You're powerless. It's power. So if I do magic that is out in the world, maybe that will have some impact. You, I totally lost you right there. <laughs> if I can't do anything physical about it, then you then, might do magic. Then I might do That's magic. What you're saying. Okay. Because maybe that will get through. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you would do magic against somebody or all on somebody. I think it depends. Yeah, it just depends. It really depends. That's the answer. You know, in graduate school, we had I had to take this law and ethics class, right? Because I have to know how to be legally in check and ethically in check as a therapist. And my teacher, his most said words in that class were, it depends. And that's so infuriating. It's so infuriating because I like things clear cut. Like I want to know what's up. I want it black and white. You tell me what to do. I'm going to do it. Like this is the rule. I like to follow rules. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, so in, the, but life is not that. No. You know, it's, it's an illusion of safety to have quote rules um, or guidelines to follow. And, you know, obviously throughout life, we create our own set of values and ethics and rules within ourselves mm -hmm. around what feels right for us. And I think this is really that same topic. It's, it's really talking about, well, what feels right to you and mm -hmm. why? And then, you know, again, the next layer, the, and perhaps the most important layer under that is why. Yeah. There are times when we are powerless and there are times where, you know, I was talking about loss and having, you know, my not wanting to tolerate my loss. So I'm going to put my will on somebody else and don't die on me. Yeah. You know, um, and I mean, that's a really very uh, dramatic example, <laughs> but, but I think that goes for all kinds of things. Like I want you to love me. Mm -hmm. Well, but they don't. So I why, want this to work. I want you, yeah. Right. I want you to be different. Yeah. I want you to have a different thing. Well, what's that about for you? Yeah. And that's ultimately what I come back to, I think, in all my practices across my own life. And and I feel like it's a good, I mean, so I guess this is my bias. That's what I should also own. This is my bias. I think it's important to look at why we do things mm -hmm. and what need or void are we trying to fulfill by making different choices. And that will impact the magic that you do. Totally. Big time. Totally. Because there's times when I have done a tarot card reading and like have been in this whole different space of like, this is what I think I'm going to get out of this before I even do it. And I actually do it, you know, going like, oh, I'm looking for an answer for this. But, you know, I already inside myself are looking, at, <laughs> I'm looking for a specific answer. And so I look at the cards and I kind of like, <laughs> read them so it fits so i get the answer that i want uh-huh yeah that's i think we've i think like. we've talked about that before yeah. um and, and that's one of the tricks with you know divination is especially ones that you can uh put your own spin, your on, own it. spin on yeah <laughs> so you put your own spin on it but the, so that's the case like yeah. we we are human we do have egos that's real uh and so much of I mean, my own personal work is about working with my ego. My ego is pretty strong. Mm -hmm. Like, she's kind of annoying how strong she is, actually. Uh, <laughs> she's complicated, Emily. I know. It's okay. I know. <laughs> this humaning thing, I'm telling you. Really but that's the thing with ethics. And when you're getting into, I mean, it's one thing in your own personal life. But when you step out and you're talking about politics for the United States 
and you're talking about whole communities. And I feel like that's why, um, you know, Wicca has the read, why mm -hmm. Christianity, you know, what you had already said was oh, something- Oh, do unto others. Do unto yeah. others. Mm -hmm. Like that's how I was raised. Mm -hmm. There's karma, you know, there's from all different pantheons of, you know, spirituality, there is kind of rules that, 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 they, to live that are by. to live by. Yeah. yeah. Like belief systems, like do no harm. Right. Like that. Well, it's like karma. Right? Exactly. It's like what you do will come back to you. Yeah. I don't think that's actually the, I might be wrong, but I don't think that's the original use of karma. That's just the, like the way we, the truncated version. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, but it's also a law of physics, right? Like energy mm -hmm. goes out into the world and it comes back. <clears throat> it transforms it becomes something say, else it changes it changes it doesn't come back <laughs> but you think about what when you put something out in the world it does it changes it morphs mm -hmm. it joins with other energies it does all kinds of stuff and it can hit you right right in the face totally yeah so that's part of it too totally like, just be cautious with what you're putting out there and know be self-aware. Yeah, self-aware. I think that's the, you know what? That's my bow on this episode. Oh, great. Let's tie it up. <laughs> Let's tie it up with a bow. Be self-aware. Why are you choosing what you're choosing? Mm -hmm. And and if you are choosing those things, you know, what what is it fulfilling for you? And is it actually in the highest good of other people? It's a good question. That's, yeah, of those around you. That was like, good. that was deep. <laughs> Start with the death card and here it's all good. <laughs> hope you enjoyed all of that that journey <laughs> thanks for joining our tangential uh journey through ethics <laughs> witchcraft ethics yeah, yeah. spells yeah imposing on others yes. yeah consent all the things yeah all they're all like major topics that probably you could write a book about yeah you could do a whole thing right? like maybe a whole podcast <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we're going to end here. Uh <laughs> Thank you, everyone. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. And, you know, if you enjoy what you're hearing here and, and you are hanging out with us on, on the weekly, please be sure to subscribe and, and like, follow our podcast, as well as rate it. It only takes a second to rate us and, you know, click the little- Is it just a star? Yeah, like the stars and star you can thing. write a little comment okay. yep. uh, or like an emoji or like whatever it might be. I just started doing that. People have been, yeah, yeah. People have been doing that forever. Like even on stuff I buy. Oh yeah, yeah. I just started rating things. Anyway, sorry about I, that. Yeah. <laughs> well, so the thing about rating the podcast is that it makes it easier for other people to find. Oh. And uh, if you're enjoying this, chances are someone else would as well. So let's spread the the witchcraft love. <laughs> <laughs> and we will see you all back here next week. Next week. If you'd like to support The Witch Next Door, you can do so by clicking the Anchor Support link here in the description. Also, if you'd like to dive a little bit deeper, Wise Woman Witchery does offer a monthly membership group over at wisewomanwitchery.com. That membership group includes monthly moon rituals, weekly magical chats, an entire library of past meditations, as well as access to special classes and conferences hosted by Wise Woman Witchery. Again, you can learn more about that over at wisewomanwitchery.com. Thanks so much for listening. I can't wait to make magic with you. Thank you for joining us on The Witch Next Door. 
Join us next week as we explore more ways to make every day more magical. Can't wait? Visit wisewomanwitchery.com or follow Wise Woman Witchery on Facebook and Instagram to stay up to date on all current offerings and be a part of the tribe. All episodes are created by Emily Morrison and Veronica Wade Lewis. Music written and performed by Jean Cornelius.